Hello everybody and welcome back to Try Not To Stare, the podcast where I talk about mental health and disabilities and I get to interview a bunch of interesting people as well. However, in today's episode, it's just me. I'm not interviewing anyone from the creative industries today. It's simply just me chatting away about my autism in honour of Autism Awareness Week um, and Autism World Autism Day. So in honour of this, let's talk about me, let's talk about my struggles, but also my achievements as well, um, especially in the fashion industry and um, all throughout my life, what I've been able to achieve being little old me with autism. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It's going to be a little bit shorter than my previous ones, short and snappy, and hopefully a little bit insightful into my life. So let's get straight into it. So as hopefully you all know, it is World Autism Acceptance Week, with World Autism Awareness Day being Saturday the 2nd of April. And my hopes for this is not only to raise awareness, but also to raise acceptance of autism. And this should be the bare minimum. Um, I really want to make society more accommodating and appreciative of autistic people because we have some great differences and some, you know, brilliant minds among us autistic people. And I really want to kind of share that and raise awareness for that and celebrate it as well. So that's what today's episode is going to be about. It's going to be about raising awareness, acceptance and also hopefully inspiring a bit of change in society and yeah I'm going to be talking about my story. So With autism, it is such a spectrum and so many people experience things in many different ways and they have many different triggers and struggles and different autistic traits as well. So it's not one size fits all kind of disability. It is so different and so personal to that autistic individual. But It doesn't mean that my experiences or my autistic traits are any less valid or any less autistic, in inverted commas. Um, It just means I'm slightly different, you know? I might not be as, I don't know, severely affected, but in some ways I am. I, I struggle with my struggles, if that makes sense. Um, so I'm going to talk about how I got diagnosed firstly, that would be a good start to this podcast, how I got diagnosed and why I chose to get diagnosed. So many girls, many autistic females are often diagnosed a little bit later than men and boys. Um, and I think that's because of our social masking, we're quite good at suppressing our feelings and masking certain situations and I think that's often brushed off by society as maybe um, a tantrum or being dramatic. Um, I used to get that a lot. Um, 
And so it's not kind of looked into as deeply as it should be. Often things like that are just brushed off or um, misinterpreted, should I say. So I, was, I wasn't I was diagnosed as a child. My mum, if you listen to my other podcast where I talk to my mum and she talks about things that could have possibly been autistic traits or signs for autism earlier on, she just didn't, she didn't want, well, she, not that she didn't want to see, she just, um, I guess, didn't want to label me as anything in case it disadvantaged me in any way. Um, and because I was her baby, I was her youngest baby, I was her miracle baby, I was so, so premature, I was tiny, they didn't think I would live. Yeah, so I guess I was perfect, which, you know, a baby, a child is to every mother, and my mum is just the best, so mum, if you're listening. <laughs> but yeah, so I, w- I was never diagnosed as a child, and later on, as an adult, going through my life, um, having all these struggles that I had... Things just didn't add up and I felt slightly different inside. I always knew there was something different about me growing up as a teenager. And then when I got married at the age of 20 to my wonderful husband, who is so supportive, we kind of just decided that we should go to the doctors because I feel kind of lost inside my body. Um, Something is not quite right. I can't put my finger on it. And I think we actually watched a documentary about autism and we kind of looked at each other and we were like, wow, that is that is me. That is everything that I do. And um, I kind of went to the doctor and was like, there's something not quite right. I'm experiencing these um, kind of meltdowns and like my mood wasn't very stable. And I said, maybe I'm autistic. I would like to go and get tested and my doctor approved. She kind of referred me to the Wiltshire Autism Diagnosis Service and a few, I think it took a few months for that to go through and I eventually got a date and it was three, three hour sessions with a psychologist and she asked me all these questions about my childhood, my mum, did my mum breastfeed, did my mum take folic acid, Um, so I did have to have that kind of background knowledge of my mum and my mum's pregnancy, my mum's birth and obviously as I've mentioned before I was really really premature so um, yeah that was obviously an area of interest for her I'm not quite sure why. I think it's something to do with like the developmental stage of pregnancy. Anyway, so after the second three hour long session, which were very draining and I always had to go home and nap afterwards, she um, actually said, we don't really need to do the third one, but I will to complete my final assessment of you. But I can say with full certainty that you are autistic um and more specifically have Asperger's and I don't actually think they use that terminology anymore but that's what she said to me after that appointment I actually felt quite relieved I felt like okay I'm not going mad you know I had I had a name for it 
I wasn't being dramatic as I was told so many times before. There was actually a reason as to why I was experiencing these things and maybe behaving in certain ways that isn't socially acceptable or the norm. So yeah, I felt really relieved when she said that to me and I had something that I could learn about and discover about myself and ultimately I could you know put coping mechanisms in place because now I know what's wrong with me um yeah and so after the third and final appointment she gave me like a an official diagnosis letter pointed out a few different traits that she's noticed like I really struggle with eye contact I will do it (laughs) when I'm socially masking but I really don't like eye contact. I would just, I would prefer not to, especially for people that I don't know. So I can do it, I think, um, for people that I know, I can do it and it's not so uncomfortable for me, but um, for people that I don't know, I really dislike eye contact. So yeah, that was the diagnosis process. It was just a long kind of conversation about my life she was assessing the way I did certain things it was long and we got to the end of it with a diagnosis which I was really relieved about that was my diagnosis at the age of 20 and like I said women don't often get diagnosed until later in life and it's often a decision they make because maybe they've gone through something similar to me where they feel like they don't quite fit in anywhere but yeah if you are feeling any of those kind of feelings and you want to seek help and you want to find out more about it or you want to be assessed for a certain disability or mental health issue just go to your GP and talk it through to them. So how does my autism affect my work in the fashion industry? What does autism mean for me with fashion and design? Well, buckle up because I'm about to tell you. (laughs) Um, So from a very young age, I've always been obsessed with fashion and self-expression and design and textures. Even from a baby, my mum will vouch for this. I've had a thing for textures. And I think a lot of autistic people do. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about this later on, but it's a thing called tactile defensiveness. Um, and I actually did a fashion film for uni on this recently, which kind of explored tactile defensiveness and how it can feel. Um, so check it out on my Instagram at Charlotte Stylist. (laughs) So it does affect my work in the fashion industry because ultimately it is an obsession and lots of people autistic people have obsessions and things that they are fixated on so like I said from a young age I've always been in love with fashion and fashion design and I was fortunate enough to get a place at the Fashion Retail Academy in Tottenham Court Road in London which is um, kind of a renowned fashion school fashion college in London And that's where I learned how to sew properly and pattern cut and like really design and like the whole process of fashion design. 
and that's also where I got my position as a assistant stylist on the show X Factor, where I worked with um many different cool fashion stylists, um like Gemma Shepherd. We were um working under her management and her guidance, and it was it was a really cool time, but. Where I struggled with this was the social side of things. So, like, we would have to go and do lots of returns for the X Factor show. And we'd go to all these PR companies and do clothing returns. And you'd have to interact with a lot of different people. Um, And that would be quite challenging for me. I wouldn't really know how to interact with those people and I just struggled with the social side of things and kind of understanding what is the norm and what I should be doing what is socially acceptable and often these clothing returns would take all day you'd have like two or three or four massive suitcases you'd have to lug around London on the underground going here there and everywhere on the opposite side of London um, which was challenging for me. I mean, I grew up in London, so I'm really like um, comfortable and familiar with the underground. But it was like, once you get out of the underground, you then have to navigate with all these suitcases to these crazy addresses, sometimes in some dodgy areas. Um, there's kind of like tiny little social barriers that I just don't understand sometimes, or I get certain things wrong. I guess like many other people, but Unfortunately, the fashion industry can be a bit uh, cutthroat. And that's where I struggled, I think. Also, being autistic, I am... I think I am a bit of a sen- sensitive soul and I <laughs> I um, take things to heart, shall we say. So that is something that I did struggle with in the earlier years of working in the fashion industry. Unfortunately, like I said, I developed an eating disorder... So I had to complete my last year of college um, at home. And whilst I was recovering in hospital and things, I recovered, I got better. And yeah, that's when I kind of took a bit of a break from um, the fashion industry. And I decided to start my own small business. And for many disabled people... Having a small business or working for yourself as a freelancer is often the only way that you can work and um, work around your disability and have your own schedule and, you know, you're, you're your own boss so you don't have to answer to anyone when it comes to needing a day off or, um, you know, flexible working requirements and things like that. Okay, so I want to talk about how my autism affects me as a fashion student. So now I'm at uni, I'm in my third and final year um, studying a fashion degree. And I'm going to talk about how my autism might affect my learning and my overall experience whilst at uni. Firstly, I just want to say when people think of... Um, autism and maybe an educated person or like autism and uni or autism education or smartness I guess 
often people think of like Rain Man or Sheldon Cooper from the Big Bang Theory, um, those kind of characters, but it's really not like that. I can't just hone my senses and everything will fall into place and I'll see things in my head and like it's not like that for me. I'm not some kind of superhuman with these cool powers that I know everything you know and everything is like I'm not a superhero I'm just me with autism trying to do my best and trying to get the best grades that I possibly can and yeah I just wanted to point that out because often when people think of autism they think of those kind of characters and it's just a bit of a a myth in most cases well certainly for me anyway so yeah I just wanted to point that out So for me at uni, autism has been one of my biggest strengths, but also one of my biggest struggles and insecurities because um, it has been hard to be, I think I'm the only autistic person in my class anyway that I know of. Um, I'm so t- certainly the most open about my disability. I don't I don't think I know of anybody else in my class that has a disability like this anyway. Um, And I am, I guess I'm quite open about it. I wear a lanyard that says, um, please be patient, I have autism. Um, Because like I said, I struggle with certain social norms, um, eye contact, uh, I can have meltdowns. So yeah, I'm certainly the most open one, I guess, about my autism. But how does my autism affect me in uni? Well, firstly, like I've mentioned, it's the whole social environment. Firstly, when you go into uni, it's it can be quite busy. Sometimes it can be loud. Um, it's a new place that you have to explore. So when I first started uni, I had to, so I am a person that drives to uni I live away from uni so I had to practice the drive to uni like a hundred times with my mum and um (laughs) yeah it was quite stressful and then I luckily got my blue badge so that allowed me to park inside the uni grounds and that meant that I had a safe space to go to if I was feeling like I had I was gonna have a meltdown or I just need a peace and quiet. I often go and just sit in my car, especially when you have like long breaks in between lectures. I used to do that quite a lot in my first year. If I was feeling overwhelmed with the social situation, I like sometimes I would just go and sit in my car for three hours because I just don't know. It's easier to isolate myself than it is to kind of go out of my comfort zone so much and socialize. And yeah, like I said, it it is one of my biggest struggles. One of the ways that my autism affects me whilst at uni is presenting. Now I'm doing a degree where sometimes we have to do graded presentations, sometimes not graded either. I think what they called summative um, presentations. And that is something that instills utter terror inside me because I just 
I find it really hard to get up in front of people. Um, You might not think it by listening to me, but I'm like when I'm doing these podcasts, I'm just sat in my safe space in my office at home with my dogs around me. So it's very much my comfort zone. But getting up in front of people to present my work is something that I really struggle with. So my autism affects my communication often and I can't get out what I want to say properly. Um, I can't describe things properly. I'll get all flustered and forget my space or where I am. Sometimes I've read out the wrong slide. I go hot and my heart starts skipping a beat. Um, well, it feels like it anyway. And I just feel like I'm overwhelmed and I, f- I feel like I can feel the eyes burning into my skin of everybody that is watching me and it's just a it's not a nice feeling and yeah so like I said it affects my communication I I can't get out what I want to say properly whereas if I have a script um or like I've done a recording I can make sure that I've said everything that I want to say and especially if it's graded I feel like that can be quite unfair on somebody like me because I don't have a great memory sometimes and so I won't be able to memorise the script and often things are graded on eye contact, if you're reading from a sheet, how it flows and yeah, like I said, that can be quite unfair on somebody whose disability is based on communication and social communication and eye contact so yeah it's it's difficult and that is one of the ways that it has affected me at uni another way that my autism affects me whilst at uni is the fact that I have to socially mask a lot and that can be quite draining so like I said university is quite a social setting it there's a lot of people and sometimes it can be loud and I automatically kind of go into this social masking mode it's not something that I can control per se um it's just something that I have to do to appear normal in um inverted commas but yeah so it can be quite draining so you might be thinking what is social masking well it's kind of a coping mechanism slash protection mechanism I guess that I've got And lots of people do this, many, many autistic people do this, if not all autistic people do it. And um, it's something that I identified within myself after I was diagnosed and realised it was something that I was doing and I was hiding my true self in social situations um, to fit in, I guess, and um, to join in in a way that is more accepted in society so yeah I mean it does pose its own difficulties this social masking like I said it is draining to do for such a long time it's almost like I'm acting the whole time and not in all cases if I'm really comfortable with a group of people or a person then I don't tend to do it as much but it's kind of like I'm hiding 
how I would truly react to something or what I would truly say to a certain comment and just kind of I often uh, mimic what other people are saying as well so um, if I've noticed somebody is kind of doing more eye contact or replying to a person's question in a certain way I will often actually copy that and I don't I don't realize I'm doing it um most of the time but I copy like say if um if I'm in a group situation and it's a conversation between many people um I will copy what someone is saying or a way they're reacting because I think that is the way that you should do it or that's the normal way of doing things and it's not something like I said that I can control it's not something that I realize I'm doing at the time it's definitely something that I overanalyze when I'm out of that situation and I'm kind of decompressing at home I'm like oh why do I do that it can be <laughs> sometimes embarrassing and awkward and yeah it's just one of those things I also don't know when to jump in in a conversation. So I cut people up all the time. I will (laughs) jump into a conversation at the wrong time or talk over somebody not knowingly. And yeah, I really struggle to interject into conversations and make myself feel heard or like I've said before, say what I want to say. So yeah, that's another way that affects me is just communicating normally and um yeah I wish it was something that I could control because I guess when people see the real me they're like wow I did not expect that (laughs) um and yeah it's just one of those things isn't it that I guess it takes years of practice and um I'm not there yet I'm just it's something I can't control and it's just part and parcel of my disability Another thing that I struggle with at uni with my autism is new year, new timetable, new routine. Like I said, I'm very stuck in my routines and um, I like things to be a certain way. And when everything changes next semester um, and I get a new timetable, it's really hard to adapt to that. And I've kind of noticed a pattern that... I kind of have like maybe three weeks where I'm completely panicking about all the assignments, trying to get my head around all the language used in the briefs and um, just familiarise myself with the timetable, my new schedule. It can be like, it feels like my world is turned upside down for that period of time and it can be really stressful. But eventually I do get used to it and I get my head around it and then I can kind of start cracking on with work in maybe like week four (laughs) but it does take me quite a few weeks to get over this change and to get used to everything. Another difficulty is with a new year comes new lecturers sometimes, not all the time but yeah so you have to adapt to maybe new kind of practical tutors or lecturers and I have actually found that somewhat challenging because that person doesn't necessarily know that I'm autistic even though I wear the lanyard not many people look um, 
and people are told so I'm told people are told that there is an autistic student or I'm an autistic but people don't remember and they don't make that connection that I am the autistic person and there has actually been an occasion where I have gotten really overwhelmed in a lecture and a lecturer did say that I was being stupid and I was like I'm not stupid I'm autistic I just can't understand what you're trying to say and you know I don't understand it in this particular way maybe you can slow things down but that's done and dusted and that was I think that was in my first year and I was still very much adapting to um uni way of life but yeah like I said it is just something that I struggle with and it's trying to understand that new person them understand me and my needs so it's very much a two-way street but sometimes I can feel completely alone and isolated and sometimes this feeling has stopped me from going to lectures and makes me feel like I'm unable to attend these lectures because I might get too overwhelmed or that person doesn't get me and what's the point so yeah it's just my brain reacting to these new situations and it can be a real struggle sometimes um but I think once you recognize your pattern and the way that you like doing things it does get easier with time so yeah small changes little and often maybe push the comfort zone (laughs) a bit more Another way that my autism affects me whilst at uni, I could go on all day, there's so many different things, but I am a very literal person, so I take things very literally, um, and some things don't make sense to me when people are kind of talking, not in code, but they'll say something, and I'll take it as in the literal meaning, Um, And so, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. So that's why sometimes I struggle with, um, like, assessment briefs or when somebody's giving me feedback on on my piece of work and it's, it's a bit cryptic or I need things to be very direct, very, like, bullet points. Change this, change this, change this. And I once actually had, um, I think it was last, was it last semester or last? Yeah, last semester, I had a really great um, lecturer and he was very keen to understand my disability and my project was all about my disability, basically, um, which was maybe a bit helpful. But yeah, I said to him, I need things. I was quite blunt. I just said, I need things to be bullet pointed, short and snappy. Tell me exactly what needs to be changed because... I can't understand all these cryptics like you could do this or it could be improved by like I don't know like sometimes things aren't things are a bit vague in my brain sometimes and he was really great and understood that and every time we emailed back and forth because I find email feedback way more helpful um but yeah every time we emailed back and forth he did some bullet points and was very direct and really went into detail with what exactly he was talking about and what he means by this and gave me a few examples and yeah like it was just really helpful so I think when you 
get someone like that it's just great like you know it just makes the experience so much better but also with my autism like I said I am very literal and I take things very literally and I can't see through hidden meanings or things like that what others often miss I can sometimes see and I notice small changes and I notice tiny details here and there I'm a bit of a perfectionist and yeah so I guess that can be a positive for me and my autism it's not all things that make me feel overwhelmed sometimes it it can be a positive and it can be something that I can use to my advantage So unfortunately for me, most of my degree was throughout the pandemic. And hear me out when I say this, this has had some positive impacts for me and my disability. And what I mean by this is it has meant that I can do my work from home and lectures are online, which means I don't have the overwhelming sensation of going into uni and it being busy or um, it being loud. Um, I can do things at my own pace at home and have my own schedule, do my work with my dogs on my lap and I can take it at my own pace. And I very much enjoyed the online lectures. I thought they were really helpful. I just enjoyed you know, getting out of bed and going to my laptop and we're all here on a Teams meeting, learning, and um, I didn't have the pressure of having to mask because I could have my camera off most of the time and, yeah, I didn't have to socially mask and it wasn't as draining for me and I felt like I got more done (laughs) being at home and doing stuff in my comfort zone. But with that comes a tiny bit of a negative because then that means I'm more isolated and my disability often means that I tend to isolate myself and not push myself out of my comfort zone. So yeah, it has isolated me more. I've become more of a homebody, more of an isolated person um, and I've not challenged myself in the way that perhaps I should have done um, socially to break down those barriers and slowly come out of that comfort zone um, and kind of experience more of the university life, I guess. But that being said, I don't regret any of that. And obviously, we all had to stay at home anyway during the pandemic. But now that we're kind of out of it, I'm left feeling a bit more isolated than others. I feel like perhaps, um, yeah, just a bit more isolated and, like, I can't leave the house as much. The thought of having to arrange a photo shoot at uni and stuff really does terrify me now, whereas in the first year, I felt like I was a bit more outgoing and... Um, I took part in modelling for people and I was in uni way more because obviously there was no lockdowns and yeah I just think since then I've become a bit lonely as sad as that sounds. I don't feel like lonely in my life or anything like that. I feel very much content but 
in terms of uni and my autism I would say it has definitely meant that I now struggle to leave my routine of my home and working from home so yeah it's a pros and cons and you know it's one of those things that will take time to overcome but all in all I've really enjoyed my journey through uni and I am really going to miss it when it's over I'm going to miss the challenge of you know disciplining my mind and expanding my horizons and working on projects all day every day I've really enjoyed writing like the dissertation I just I've loved I've loved it even though it's been a struggle I have loved it and I will feel lost for quite some time after after I've graduated but I guess that's when (laughs) when um, a master's and maybe a PhD (laughs) comes in we'll see we'll see let's not put that out there too too soon but yeah, I have really enjoyed it. And if you are autistic and you are thinking about going to uni, I would say go for it because it will be a challenge, no doubt. And it will be hard and it will be um, overwhelming at some points. But I think all in all, it has allowed me to adapt as a person, learn new skills and um, kind of see what what else is out there for me. So I would definitely encourage you to go for it, no matter what. So lastly, whilst we're on the topic of autism and fashion, I just briefly want to talk about tactile defensiveness. So like I said, I recently did a fashion film about this. And tactile defensiveness is basically an aversion to non-harmful touch. So it's kind of an upset or aggressive response to certain types of touch or sensations or textures. So like I said, for me, it's scratchy things, um, slimy things, anything that can um, result in a negative response, I guess. So it's basically touch sensitivity. Uh, hypersensitivity to touch, however you want to describe it. So how does that affect me in the fashion industry as a fashion student? Well, that's quite interesting. I would basically just avoid certain textures, avoid certain fabrics, certain um, clothing. So sometimes jeans can really upset me, but not all the time I can kind of do a bit of a social masking situation with that and um, I do tend to wear jeans quite often so I guess it's when I'm feeling super overwhelmed and super sensitive to touch and things but there are certain fabrics that also result in a positive feeling for me so things that are fluffy, uh, things that are soft, things that... um... Does anyone remember those beanie not um toys but like those pillows that they kind of have like the beans in them and they're really soft and squishy I remember they used to have a really nice sensation for me I guess it felt quite calming the like squishiness of it yeah a bit random but those used to result in a nice feeling I guess um 
yeah, it can affect me in the fashion industry, but it is something that I have learned to deal with and socially mask, I guess. And so, yeah, it is something that I can overcome. Sometimes it can cause a meltdown, but often if I'm like working or um, doing a shoot or something, or it's something that I have to do, I can socially mask my way out of it and um, put it to the back of my mind until later. And sometimes, not all the time, these meltdown feelings will just come out when I'm relaxing in bed because my brain is dealing with everything throughout the day and decompressing. And sometimes when I'm you know, about to go to sleep, that's when I'll have a meltdown because I'm just dealing with everything that I have suppressed throughout the day. So in short, it can affect me, my tactile defensiveness, but I am now able to, as an adult, put it to the back of my mind most of the time, depending on how overwhelmed I'm feeling that day. So yeah, you just learn your own coping mechanisms. that's all we have time for in today's episode with little old me I hope you enjoyed learning about myself a bit a bit about my autism how it affects me at uni all that kind of stuff in celebration of world autism day and acceptance week um so yeah that's my little piece on what I've got to say I do have some really cool podcasts in the works for season two. It is coming, so stay tuned for that. Make sure you follow on Spotify and Anchor and stay up to date with the website. Shop the merch as well. Help support the the podcast. Um, And stay tuned for season two because I have some great things I have in mind. So in the meantime... Do listen back over all of season one of the podcast. I got to interview some really great guests. So yeah, do check those out and I will see you soon. Bye.